return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Let me mention for Women Alive also, uh, flyers still there in the back to register. Uh, so if you haven't, or you know somebody who does, or you want to give it to somebody, do that, amen. Or if you want to bring a door prize, important, amen. What's important is not who won last night's game. <laughs> you know, what's really important is the things of the Lord. How are things going in your life? And, and if you've had a victory, share victory. If you have, need prayer, you can get prayer. Anybody can pray for you, amen. God hears our prayers uh, when we pray in faith. So have that time to really interact with one another and talk about things. Uh, all of us face stuff. All of us face things, and at different times are in difficult situations. But Jesus is our helper, amen? And you can sharpen the countenance of your friend. Amen? Amen. Turn to someone and say, I'm here to bless you. Amen. So, you're joining us on uh, Facebook Live. We welcome you. People come uh, on Facebook Live from all over the world to join our services. Hundreds of people, actually. If you, if you listen to Wednesday night service, wow, a lot, a lot of interaction from that. <laughs> and in a positive way. Hundreds of people that were really happy to hear some good common sense things about listening to the Holy Spirit and being led by the Spirit. And uh, so, that's, uh, that's a blessing. So, we welcome you from wherever you're from. Just know that Jesus loves you, and he's there where you're at, just as he's here today. Hallelujah. So we're going to open our Bibles just again. We're talking about joyful living, kind of a part two, part two series on this. But Psalm 100 says, uh, to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So what we're doing, any, anything in worship, worship isn't entertainment, and worship isn't something you're doing for somebody else, but worship is to the Lord. Sometimes you go to churches and the group up front, it's kind, of, it's all kind of sad, funny together, you know, but people have the smoke come on the platform, you know, kind of the imitation of the glory and the lights and all the things. And, you know, it's not an entertainment time. We'll go be at some churches and they darken the sanctuary and they look around and people are just standing there, you know, like they're in a concert. No, it's, it's something you have to enter into. Amen? You have to enter into that. You have to give yourself to praise the Lord. So when we talk about living a joyful life, you're making a joyful noise unto the Lord. You know, what am I happy about? Well, I'm talking to Jesus. I'm happy about a lot of things that he's done, that he's doing. Uh, the very fact that you're alive is a blessing. Amen? 
He gives to all people life and breath, but only the Christians are the ones that probably are praising him. Amen. Very sad if you're not. So, so you're making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But uh, in the New Testament, joy is a fruit that you grow and you maintain. You should write it down. You grow it, you maintain it. It's like uh, if, if someone wants to talk about being spirit-filled, then I would focus on Galatians 5 here a second and be filled with these things. Because the emphasis, emphasis so many times is just on tongues when the emphasis should be on the Holy Spirit and what he wants to grow in us. He's changing us into the image of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about joyful living, we grow joy and we want to maintain it. So you want to produce more joy. Say more joy. And then you've got to maintain it. You think, well, I, was, I thought I was happy yesterday, joyful, but today I'm down. No, you want to maintain it. Maintain it. It's not, joy isn't based on circumstances. It's based on this relationship. Restoring to me the joy of thy salvation, this relationship. So it's like, wow. Like I, I still remember my getting saved. It's like, wow. What a wonderful thing to be forgiven. So you maintain this joy of the Lord. You maintain uh, this relationship in a wonderful way. So in our lives, you should have progressively more joy. The older you get, you should be a very joyful person. Now, you go into a lot of churches today and you see older people. I am one of those older people. But a lot, you see a lot of older people who are just, they're kind of worn down by life. But that isn't what God wants. We should be worn up by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We should be joyful people. And joyful even from the stand, wow, God is so good. And then to know not long and I'm going to be seeing him one way or the other. You know what I mean? There's a lot of joy in that. There's a lot of joy in that relationship. Amen. So Romans 14 then says the kingdom of God is not just food. It's not food and drink, but righteousness, peace and joy. Now, this, this is like an emotion. This is part of the kingdom of God. There's joy. Notice in the Holy Ghost. So the king of the kingdom is Jesus and he gives to his citizens joy. So you have to go after it. Turn to your neighbor and say you have to go after it. If anything that's in the Bible, you can say, well, I, that's nice, but I don't have it. Go after it. If it says if it says that that's part of the kingdom, then I want to go after right living. I want to go after that peace of God. I want to go after that joy that he says it's in the kingdom. It's in him. Remember, Jesus said the kingdom isn't coming with observation. The kingdom is within you. So when Jesus, when you get saved, all of a sudden there's a king now, a new one inside of you is taking up residence to govern your life. Hallelujah. But you have to give yourself to him like the governor or the Lord. You give yourself so that he can do that in your life. Amen. So the citizens of the kingdom, hallelujah, have joy. Day of Pentecost, one of the remarkable things wasn't tongues. It was the excitement, the joy. So much so that people thought they were drunk with, with alcohol, like the world. And Peter had to stand up and clarify, no, no, these aren't drunk as you suppose. These, these, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. They've been filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why Christians should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. Amen. Christians should be. Why? Because we have a Savior who's alive. We have a God who's living. We have a God who hears and answers prayers. 
So all other religions have something that they have religious forms and they pray, but they're praying to something that cannot hear them, cannot answer them, cannot help them. But you do. So that's why we're living on a different plane. Romans 15 says, uh, The God of hope fills you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith. So believing is you're doing something. Your experience, the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in His promises. So we have this joy, notice here, uh, uh, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now remember last week I said, you can't, you can't get strong driving by the gym. Or you can't get strong watching somebody working out. You know, like, boy, they're really doing it, you know. Well, you're not going to get strong that way. You only get strong by doing it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to do it. So, you're only going to get filled with joy if you respond to the word. It implies action. Faith always involves action. Amen? So, in other words, I need to do something. Keep in mind, keep in mind that, that uh, David's, David's family, he was the eighth son. So there's seven sons before them. None of them were worshipers. None of them were worshipers. So you can't say, well, David was the way he was because his daddy really trained his children. No, none of them were worshipers. It was David who was a worshiper. It was a David who took hold of the things of God out in the field and was praising the Lord. See, we don't get something just by being, you don't get it just by belonging to the church. No, that's not it. It's not, a, it's not a membership thing. It's a relationship thing. So David had seven older brothers who were not good examples to him. But he's out there praising the Lord. He's doing something. You're filled with joy and peace when you believe. You act, you act on your faith. See, a lot of people have like a, their mentality is kind of like a destination disease. It's like, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I'm done with college. I'll be happy when I have money. I'll be happy when I'm married. And I'll be happy if, all right? So, so all those things, they're all good things to accomplish and so forth. But that's not where joy comes from. Joy is a relationship. Joy is a relationship with a living person who is our Savior. The Holy Spirit is a person who loves us too and guides us and leads us. And he's always leading us in these places. Why? Because he loves us, right? So we have to apply, apply the word of God, respond to the word of God, just as everybody else does. Amen? We had the one, Jeannie and Cindy got up in the pastor's conference and they were singing the old old children's song, Jesus in your boat. Uh, Jesus in your boat? You know, uh, uh, How'd that go? Forgot. But anyway, with Jesus in your boat, your boat both won't sink, right? Your boat won't sink with Jesus in your boat. Or the sing the song, the hallelujah song, I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the storm. Amen. I mean, anybody can raise a hallelujah if someone won the lottery. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> no, it's you're raising a hallelujah just because Jesus is still your provider. You might think, well, look at my bank account. It doesn't look that doesn't look that great, but it's, it's uh, not based on money. It's not based on a natural thing. 
is based on a supernatural thing. Oh, that's the words. If Jesus is in your boat, you can smile at the storm. <laughs> you can smile at anything with Jesus in your boat. Amen. So 1 John chapter 1. I'm just giving some scriptures here on this. But we declare that which we've seen, we've heard, we declare to you that, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Now, this is based on a fellowship with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It's based on a fellowship. And it says that your joy may be full. Full. Now, so you're not putting something on here. You're just flat out, you're just flat out a happy person. People can say, lots of people can say, well, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't raised this way. That's not based on how you were, not based on your family. It's based on a relationship. So when I became a Christian and I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I surrendered and, of course, filled the Holy Spirit and so forth, but I kept growing to reach out, what does the Bible say? And whatever it says, go after it. Turn to your neighbor and say, go after it. <laughs> So, it's you're filled with joy. This fellowship brings joy in spite of the world. Now, that's the testimony. And that's what people should see in us. We have a world that is just, just being driven on a course to hell. What's the bright spot in the world? It's you. It's the body of Christ. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. That is the only bright spot in the world. It's not based on the country you live on, live in. It's based on this relationship. You are the bright spot. If you're in school, you are the bright spot there in that classroom or that hallway or the union or this lunchroom. You're the bright spot. If you have a job, you're the bright spot in that company. There is no other bright spot. People say, it's Jesus. Yes, it is. It's Jesus in you. <laughs> All right? Jesus said, you be the light, you're the light of the world. He said that to us. You, you and I are light, the lights of the world. We're the bright spot. Therefore, we should look different. We should act different. We talk different. We have joyful living. Isn't that right? You have to, you have to understand, folks. People send me emails and so forth. It's the last days and this is happening and this is happening. This. I know all that. That's true. That, that's nothing new. We have all these things in the Bible. It started 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. But the things we have to be thinking of, man, this is your time to shine. This is your time to be excited for Jesus. This is the time to exhibit that joy. Because that's what the world is looking for. They're not looking for something dead. Many people go to churches and the churches, you know, there's, there's no life or something. They're not looking for that. They're looking for something that's alive. That's what we have. That's the difference. That's the difference in knowing Christ or not knowing Christ. And if you know Christ, you want to go after it. People can talk till the cows come home about the last days. Folks, folks, get off that bandwagon and just start doing the gospel. Be joyful wherever you're at in life. Jesus said in John 16, verse 13, Jesus said that I told you things so that you may have perfect peace. 
In the world, you have tribulation. That, that's just in the world. Sometimes people think, well, if I'm a Christian, I won't have any problems. No, that's not true at all. We live in a fallen world. The world has fallen. The God of this world, the devil, causes all kinds of havoc. In the world you have tribulation, distress, suffering, but be of good courage, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. I've accomplished that. Now, that doesn't mean the world has changed yet. It's just that Jesus has provided this pathway of salvation that we know where we're going. Hallelujah. We're going to heaven. We're forgiven of sins. But in the meantime, we can be of good cheer. We can be filled with joy in spite of living in the world. Amen. Joy is not the absence of trouble or absence of trouble. Joy is about a present, the relationship with Jesus. So you have trouble and you have Jesus. You have problems or you have the answer. Folks, everybody faces trouble. We face, we face difficulties. We faced all kinds of things in our lives. But that's not the thing we champion. We champion the fact that, man, God is bigger. God is greater. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's alive. If you go around telling people all your troubles, you're no different than anybody else. Not that you can't ask for prayer. Of course you can ask for prayer. But if your mantra is, boy, we're really suffering. Boy, things are bad here. Well, things aren't going good. I don't know what we're going to do. Well, you're not acting any different than Joe Blow down the street who doesn't believe in anything. The answer is in Jesus. So in spite of difficulties... You can have joy. Turn to your neighbor and say, in spite of difficulties, you can have joy. All right? He's the answer. He's the answer. It's like people are looking for it again. It's not a destination. I'll be really be happy when, when we have this money or we have this or that. It's not that. Amen? It's like I, I remember we lived in our first house. We got a house. We were just thankful and so forth. And we... Sweat equity, and we put it together as about a thousand square feet, and so forth. And I remember uh, uh, just just playing up on campus in the barn, playing basketball, and so forth. And someone said something to me, kind of a remark like, "We lived in a poor place." And I, we'd lived there about eighteen years at the time. And I said, "Hey, thank you, like a palace to me. Thank you, Jesus." You can try to run after things, or you can just be happy where you're at. Isn't that right? Be happy where you're at. Be happy with what you've got. Be faithful with what you've got, and he can give you more. But if you're going to grumble and complain about everything, well, don't expect more. Don't expect blessings, because grumbling and complaining doesn't get you in the presence of God. Oh, it's just wonderful to have a relationship. Oh, I tell you, it's just beautiful. First Peter just says this. Now, Peter faced a lot of things. Paul faced a lot of things in the Bible. But he says this, he says, uh, you can greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if you've been, in, you've been in various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, perishes, though it's tested by a fire, may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And whom, not, having not seen, you love him, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. All this is called faith. Don't see him. Folks, people are looking for God. They don't see him, but they'll see you. 
and you will point them to the Lord. Amen. They're going to see your life. They're going to see your relationship. They're going to see how you act or react in life. And you will point them in that direction. So we can still, in spite of difficulties, all right, we can still, he says, rejoice, greatly rejoice. Various trials and all the things that go through. And yet, and yet, even though not seeing him, you can rejoice with joy. In spite of the trouble, rejoice. The thing is, trouble and joy can coexist. Trouble and joy. See, joy isn't the absence of trouble. Joy is about a relationship. So in the middle of life, you have this relationship, and so you have faced difficulties. Let's put it that way. It could be physical difficulties, financial difficulties, other things in marriage or all kinds of things in life, but you still can have this relationship of joy. What difference is serving our God different than the someone following Allah or someone following Krishna or someone following the sun or the moon if our lives aren't any different? What's the difference? Why would someone say, you know, boy, I want to come, I want to come and grow or fellowship where you're at if you look like everybody else? If I look like everybody else, why would some, well, who, what's attracts, what attracts people to that? Nothing. Nothing. The thing that attracts people is this relationship. This relationship that, man, God is so good. He is so good. He is so gracious. He is so loving. In spite of my difficulties, in spite of that, have we had problems? Sure, we've had problems. Our daughter was sick for 12 years. I had cancer, went through cancer treatment, sick for several years. But in spite of all that, going to doctor's appointments, which I still have doctor's appointments, they still look for problems in my life. But in spite of all that, still going and praising God. My cancer doctor, though, when, I finished, when I finished radiation, they were kind of all shocked. And when I go to the cancer doctor on a regular basis, he said, you're the most remarkable man I've met. I have thousands of patients and nobody is like you. How am I in the doctor's office? I'm like, hallelujah! Hallelujah! He goes, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's right, that's right. Or even our daughter, when she was sick, and we gave out hundreds of gospel tracts to nurses and, and doctors because she had seven specialists and so forth, and just kept doing what? It's, it's an old saying, but it just says, if you've got lemons, make lemonade. Do something, do something with your life. God is bigger than your circumstances. When I was, you know, you can always find something to praise God about. I mean, we were at the KU Med Center in this pediatric ward of the worst of the worst in the Midwest and so forth like that. And they were doing a test on our daughter. And then here comes wheeled by kids with no legs. Or missing other things because of cancer. And I think, well, at least, at least my daughter's got her legs. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> when they said to us, they said to our daughter, she can die at any moment. You gotta, they, looked, they had two doctors as witnesses in a conference room, talking to my wife and I, I said, your daughter can die in any moment. I explained all the things, everything that she had. And then said, she should be in the hospital here. I said, can you do anything for her? And they said, no, we can't. I said, okay. 
And then they said, I don't think you understand. And so they went through this whole thing again, explaining this diagnosis and their report and what was going to happen. And I said, I don't think you understand. I said, you know, our trust is in Jesus Christ. He's our savior. He's our healer. I know things look terrible right now, but we're going to give praise to his name. And they said, what are you going to do? He said, well, we're going to put our daughter back in the car and we're going to go to church tonight. And that's what we did. We carried her later in the back seat and we went to church that night in Kansas City. And did what? We just praised God. Sometimes, you know, even in that setting, see, we gave ourselves. Because is it difficult? Yeah, it's difficult. When someone says your daughter's going to die at any moment, she's got congestive heart failure, her heart is twice the size of, you know, normal. She, she's got the heart of like a 70 or 80 year old. Not good. But that's the time, actually, you want to go to church. Not for sympathy, but just to say, we're going to stand. You know, people say, you know, like Moses, Aaron, Hurst helped lift up his arms. People can lift up your arms in the battle. People who we are even knew came and stood around me from Denver and other places and, and literally held up my arms. And we drove home the next day. Praising God. Daughter laying in the back seat. Thank you, Jesus, for the answer. She made it through the night. Hallelujah. Keep going. Keep going. And the next week, we went back to the doctor. They said, well, we'll run this scan again. And her heart went back to a normal size. Went back to a normal size. From congestive heart failure to no heart failure. (laughs) Pumping right. Folks, in the middle of adversity... You have to understand, in the middle of adversity, you can still have joy. In the middle of adversity, you don't lose your relationship with Jesus. That's not the time you take the white towel, throw it in. I'm done. It's over. <laughs> no, no. That's the time you raise, raise the hallelujah. Amen. In the middle of a storm. And give a shout of praise for who he is. That's life. Life has adversity. It has adversity. We face bankruptcy. Has adversity. Not good. But God is still faithful. He is still on your side. He will still help you. He will still deliver you. <laughs> he, will still, he will still honor his name. Amen? Amen. Let, me, let me say one other thing. We had some folks help us, different agencies and so forth. And I go into a government agency... And he helped us with gas expense <clears throat> for travel, all the medical things and so forth like that. And I go in and I said to the ladies working there in social services, and I said, thank you. I'm at the counter. I said, you know, we're smiling all the time anyway. I said, thank you for helping us. Thank you for just, you know, you know, this is a big deal to us. And these two ladies were standing there. Their mouths were open. They didn't say a word. And I said, you have to hear this a lot, don't you? And they said, oh, no. Now, you've got to understand, this was years ago, much worse today. And they said, people come in here and they complain and they cuss at us and they, you know, everything is wrong. They're not doing enough. And I, I, I was dumbfounded. I said, what? What? People aren't thankful? Nobody's thankful. They said, you're the bright spot in our day. When we see you come in, we see your smile and hear what you say. You're the bright spot in our day. And I thought, you know, this is America. 
And this is a lot of Christians. Complain, complain, complain. Folks, you're not going to get a thing from God if you complain. You're not going to get it. Because he doesn't listen to complaints. He listens to faith. It's faith that pleases God. Not all the murmuring, all the stuff is down. People say, you don't know how bad it is. God knows exactly where you're at. And I'll tell you what, your life is probably a hundred times better than somebody else sitting in another country. Who doesn't know where their food is coming from. Who doesn't know where they're going to pay the next thing. Who lives in a house maybe the size of your living room. To whom much is given, much is required. And I really believe as Christians in the United States, we have to rally ourselves to what God wants us to do. Joyful living. (laughs) Excited for who He is and what He's done. And what we have. I've never looked at what I don't have. I look at what I have. (laughs) Amen. I've had brothers with very expensive things. So what? I just put on blinders, like those horse blinders. So I can't see, can't see to the left or the right. Just keep marching forward, Dave. Don't look at what they have. Don't look at those things. And then I'd hear them complain. And i think, you don't know what a problem is. 2 Corinthians 7. 2 Corinthians 7, Paul says this. He says, great is my boldness of speech to you. Great is my boasting. I'm filled with comfort. I'm exceedingly joyful in all our tribulations. <laughs> These are scriptures say, say, good to learn now. And the reason it's good to learn now is because life may get more difficult as time goes on. Okay, the world is probably going to get more difficult as time goes on. Therefore, you exercise your faith muscles right now. You exercise your joy muscles or peace or whatever. But he says, I'm exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation or all our trouble. That's like, what? That doesn't make sense. Because we're doing, most of the times Christians are thinking, I'm doing everything I can to avoid all these things in the world. Folks, we're just in the world, okay? So you're not going to avoid everything. You're in the world. So in the middle of that, though, you can be exceedingly, and I love the adverb to the adjective, exceedingly joyful. Say exceedingly. Now, what is this? You know, when we say this is my Bible, I can do what it says I can do. I can do this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. (laughs) He would not say it if he didn't think we could do it. And we can because of the Holy Spirit. In the natural, I can't. In the natural, boy, I'm a goner. (laughs) But in the supernatural, I can. If I lean into Jesus, I can do this. I can do it. I I can walk in this victory. Now, verses 5 and 6. He's just saying, basically, Jesus is greater. He says, we came to Macedonia. Our bodies had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts. Inside were fears. What does he say? I'm just going to be real honest with you, folks. I was really afraid on the inside. Well, that's just reality, right? If I meet someone that says, well, I'm never afraid. I'm never faced this. I'm thinking, okay, uh, let's look up that line scripture there. Because uh, 
Truth is, truth is, everybody faces stuff. That's the whole thing. Even looking at people, you don't know what's going on between somebody's ears. You can look at someone and they can think, oh, they're just perfectly in bliss. Maybe not. That's why we fellowship. That's why iron sharpens iron. Troubled on every side. Outside conflicts, inside fears. Nevertheless, he's saying Jesus is greater. God who comforts the downcast comforts us by the coming of Titus. So even Titus brought things to them and so forth. It's like, oh, thank you for that. When we go other places in the world, we bring things and we bring money. Because we can't bring everything in our suitcase. So we bring stuff. And we do that because we want to bless someone. We want to bless us. Particularly, we want to bless leaders. And by blessing them, it helps them to know that God is for them. It's just a little, little something that will help them know that. God is for them. Maybe helps them with their family or whatever it might be. But Jesus, he's saying here, Jesus is still greater than my circumstances. Let's say it again. Jesus is greater than my circumstances. Okay? So no matter what we face, no matter, the devil wants to push us into a corner like, like being oppressed. No, no, no. No matter what we face, push back. Praise, thanksgiving, which manifests in joy. You sing, you sing. I tell you what, you're happy when you sing. And so you start, you might just start in faith, but I'll tell you what, joy will be manifested when you do it. Uh, Acts 20, verse 24. Got to hurry here. Acts 20, verse 24. Paul said, you know, in spite of all the things in the world, nothing moves me. I don't count my life dear to myself so that, so that I may finish my race with joy. The ministry which I received from the Lord to testify the gospel of God. Now, Paul is coming to place. He's, no, he's going to, he knows he's going to be imprisoned. The Lord has spoken to his heart, prophesied and so forth. And yet, yet the thing in his life is to finish his course, finish his life. And he wants to finish his race, and I like this, with joy. So he's growing joy. He's maintaining joy in spite of, if you read Corinthians, all the things, whether he's shipwrecked, whether he's robbed, whether... Uh, uh, whether he has food or he doesn't have food or he's in jail or he's out of jail, all those things, not, not all that in the middle of that can have joy. In the middle of that, in the middle of adversity. We were robbed one time in another country. And, and uh, before I left on the trip, I was in prayer, important of being led by the Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit. I was in prayer and so forth. And the Lord said, Take off your wedding ring and don't bring it on the trip. And I thought, I hadn't had my wedding ring on off since we got married. My finger had gotten bigger. I'd gone through surgeries and so forth. They taped it up. Hadn't been off. So I went to a jeweler. I told Jeannie, we talked about it. I said, just, just what I feel. I go to the jeweler. They cut it off. They resize it. And I left it at home. And I found myself in the middle of this rural place in this country. And, and uh, very rural, and kind of a mountainous area, and we're attacked. And when we're attacked by people who are drunk and so forth, of another religion, and they were angry, and they came, and I was sitting now, I got back to the vehicle that I was supposed to be in, and I was sitting in this vehicle, and I knew we were in a lot of trouble. And so I just prayed in tongues. Well, they didn't understand me, they had their own language, so I just, well, I'm just praying in tongues, you know. 
And then they came to my door and they were shouting at me. And I said, I put up my hands. I said, I'm sorry. I, just in English. I said, I don't understand. And I looked at my finger and I saw, thought, thank God I don't have my ring on. Because they'd have cut it off and taken the gold. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. You've already been here. You've already been here. I smiled. Guy looked at me. He went back. I had a friend. They were throwing him against the vehicle and so forth, slapping his face and hitting him like that, who was from that country. And he just stayed in the spirit. Love it. Just stayed in the spirit. Kept his arms up like that, even though they slapped him and hit him. Came back to my window shouting. I smiled and said, I'm sorry. Because I just thought, thank you, Jesus. You've been here. I've been praying in tongues. Stopped to pray in tongues. I said, sorry, I don't have, you know. The devil said, they'll kill you here and they'll never find your body. They'll never find your body. This remote, you just won't come home. They're going to kill you here. I thought, thank you, Jesus. You've already been here. <laughs> I'm coming home. With all my fingers. <laughs> and my ring's still at home. <laughs> so God brought us out of that, obviously. And it was amazing. And we went back. That was in an afternoon setting. It wasn't even in dark. That was in an afternoon setting. We went to a service that night. We were praising God. God is bigger than the things you face. He loves watching out for you. He wants to lead us. Amen. He wants to take care of us. Yes, sometimes we're in situations that are not pretty, not nice. He still wants to take care of us. First Thessalonians 1, verse 6. And he says, he says, you were imitators of us through the through of us of the Lord after you welcomed our message of time of great trouble with the joy supplied by the Holy Spirit. Just write down, he will supply joy. Great trouble, but joy is supplied by the Holy Spirit. Great trouble, great affliction, and yet joy in the Holy Spirit because of because of who God is. Amen. Jesus said in John 15, 11, he says, I'm going to give you my joy. These things I've spoken to you. Notice my joy. Think of this. Jesus is giving you his joy. Wow. I receive it. I'm going to give you my joy and it's going to stay in you. So it doesn't have to come and go. No man can take it from you. Hallelujah. <laughs> don't give it up. Don't let circumstances take it up. Don't give, you know, don't do that. Just hold on to Jesus. I'm just going to hold on to you. Hallelujah, you're my Savior. All right, hold on to it. My joy, that my joy, Jesus' joy can remain, stay, live in you. And your joy, consequently, can be full, joyful, complete. Hallelujah. Abounding. Now, this happens because the next verse of the verse is prior to it, verse 9 and 10. Let's look at that. This happens because this happens. You abide in my love. Now, if I'm abiding in his love, then I'm not looking at another person as my enemy. It's not there. It's, not, it's like you can, you can be in a place of rob, being robbed and still it's like they're not my enemy ultimate, ultimately. All right? I have one enemy. That's the devil. All right? But you can abide. Jesus said you can abide in my love. Keep my commandments. Stay in the word. That's what we emphasize, right? Stay in the word. All right? You will abide in my love. Hallelujah. Just as I kept my father's commandments 
and abide in his love. We do that, then we have this joy. These are the keys. All right, we're continuing love, we're obeying the word. Then we have his joy. John 16, verse 22. A couple more verses. John 16. Therefore now you have sorrow, but I will see you again. Your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. Don't give it up. People say, well, this happened, and so I lost my joy. No, no, just go get it back again. Don't let circumstances rob you, amen? Don't let uh, a person (laughs) take what God's given to you. Don't give up your love. Don't give up your joy. Don't give up the presence of the Lord. Verse 24, then, Jesus says this. He says, before now you've asked, you haven't asked anything. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Now, ask is something in faith. We're walking in faith. We're living in faith. But your joy can be full. You can have a joyful life. When I got saved, I started looking. Everything transformed for me. So I'd go to classes now. Wow, I get to go to class. Learning changed. I wasn't a poor student before, but I became a much better student afterwards. Just going into class, just excited of, of the possibilities and so forth. Some people thought I was kind of crazy. That's okay. Because it stirs in their hearts. Other people after me. I was at an alumni thing, and there was another quarterback who came after me. And he says, I got saved because of your life. Because of your life, what I saw happen to you, I got saved. I thought, thank you, Jesus. I hadn't even realized that he attributed to that. But he did. No man can take it from you. Jesus wants your joy to be full. Luke 10, when the, joy, when the 70 came back, they rejoiced, you know, because they experienced the power of God. They simply responded to Jesus' words to do what Jesus said to do. And that's all we're doing, folks. You want to live your life on purpose for his glory. You want to shine at home. You want to shine in your marriage to your spouse. You want to shine to your kids. Kids are watching, right? That's the first place of ministry. They're looking at you like, what kind, is there any joy in your house, right? Is there any joy in your house for some of you? You know, you know on purpose, on purpose. You're, you're living a life in front of your kids that they're, listen, they're watching you way more than what they're Hearing or seeing or seeing in me, they're watching you. Do you believe it? Does, do you act like this is true? So, so as we do this, then we can rejoice and pray and believe for more things. Philippians, Philippians 1, Paul says, I pray with joy, making every request for prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. Why is he praying with joy? Because he's got the answers. It's not like, oh, Lord, you know, I'm coming to you. No, he's got answers. So you're, you're, you're exercising your faith. Verse 6 says, says this then, that we're confident that he's working. Amen? So we're praying with joy. We're confident that he's begun a good work. He's going to keep completing it. So have I seen all my prayers answered? Well, not in the natural. I haven't. Do I always just see all these things manifest? No, I don't. I get up, and most of my days would seem very mundane but I'm very excited to be alive. I could be dead. I'm very excited to be alive. <laughs> I'm very excited to be saved. I'm very excited to have a Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm very excited about that. 
So consequently, when I'm go doing things throughout my day, I can pump gas with a smile. I can wave at my neighbors, of course. I can shop with a smile. I can do all these things. Do things cost a lot sometimes? Yes, they do. I mean, our car, one car the other day came, big crack in the windshield. I guess we'll get it fixed. Like, all right, hallelujah. God is bigger than cracks in the windshield. Right? He's just bigger than the circumstances of life. We all have things. But Jesus is greater than those things. Amen? Greater than that. His report is higher than the doctor's report. He holds our future. Therefore, I'm not going to worry about the future. What's going to happen? Where's things going? I'm not going to worry about the future. Why? Because he's already been there. He's been to my tomorrow. He's been to your tomorrow. Our part, our part is just to shine for him. Pretty simple, isn't it? Look at me for a second. Put on a smile. Put on a smile. Put on a smile. Put on a smile. Show some teeth. Show some teeth. There you go. Put on a smile. Come on. You can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would look, I would get up in the morning if, if you have difficulty, bad mornings. I'd get up in the morning. On purpose, I would smile at yourself. Good morning. And I'm totally serious. Just smile. It's going to be a good day. Because, I mean, I've been places when not feeling good and not, not doing well. But, but looking at that, it's going to be a good day. Consequently, people say, how you, how you, my kids say, how are you doing? It's, it's a good day. Praise the Lord. And then they look at me thinking, he's got issues. And maybe I do in the natural, but it still can be a good day. All of this, all of this joyful living is just, is just that we are lights for Jesus, right? It's not to make you look good. It's to make him look good. He's, we're in his kingdom. We're citizens, amen? Citizens in his realm. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. All right, now let's lift our hands a second. Lord, we receive the joy of the Holy Spirit. We receive your word that is true through and through. Hallelujah. Lord, we see examples in the Bible. They faced adversity but came out on top. Wow. And Lord, we thank you. You're the same today as you were then. We thank you for the help of the Holy Spirit. Help us to shine for you, Lord. For each person here, for each person listening online, help us to shine for you, Jesus. To those around us, to those that are in the darkness, to those that don't know you yet, or maybe Christians that need to also see it, Lord. Help us to shine for you. Holy Spirit, we receive that strength. Say, I receive it. Say it again. Say, I receive it. We thank you, Lord, for your strength. For your word that enables us in your help today, Lord. And by your grace, by your grace, Father, we're going to shine and give glory to your name. I thank you for your blessing on each person now. <clears throat> in Jesus' name, amen. Can you say amen? Amen, 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 amen. You can share it with somebody. You can share the post the thing with somebody. Bless somebody else. Encourage somebody else. Amen. We're in this together. Amen. All right. So let's just stand up. Father, I thank you for blessing each person here today with your presence. Your face is shining upon them. Your grace is on them, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, just for newness of life. Even today, again, it's a new season. 
And I thank you for this, Father, your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shake about five or ten hands. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.